0: Well, welcome again to Christchurch. We are in our third week of a sermon series. We're calling the sermon series. Moving forward in this sermon series, we are thinking about transitions. We're talking to Pastor John, who's about to and is currently undergoing a major transition in his life. Major transition. You're moving from 39 years of full-time ministry and 30 years as lead pastor of Christchurch to God's next as you retire from full-time appointed ministry. I know you've sold your house now. You closed this past week. That's true, and walked across the stage on Friday to be officially retired.
1: So, uh, boy, what a week. Uh, Homeless and jobless in one week.
0: Yeah, how about that? Congratulations.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was, good for me.
0: I, I was looking forward to retirement until you just described it to me. Well, we know God has great things in, in store for you, so there, there's good yeah. things coming. We also have been talking to Pastor John about the big transitions happening for Christchurch because Christchurch is moving just for the third time in its history from one lead pastor to another. Pastor Charles Hubbard was our first pastor and planting pastor. Mm -hmm. He was here for the first five years. Mm In 1992, we went from Charles Hubbard to Pastor John as our second lead pastor. And next week, I'll move into being the third lead pastor here at Christ Church. So pray for me in that transition. And we've been talking about that, but we also want to talk about you. Um, because we know that all of us go through significant transitions in our lives from times to times. I'm talking about graduations and marriages and having kids and retirement and changing jobs and losing a spouse or losing a loved one. Mm-hmm. And these transitions in life, they, they, they have the ability to change the direction of our life, at least for this next season of our lives. And we want you to be able to step into those transitions with a Christ-centered, biblical understanding of what God's next is for you. That's what Pastor John's been doing for us as a church, preparing us for this transition in our lives. I know that's what Pastor John and Rosemary have been thinking about for their own life and Mm -hmm. what God has next for them. And we want you to be thinking about that for yourself. The first week, we talked about the Silverbrook years, and we talked about that first major transition in the history of Christ Church when Pastor John came and Pastor Charles Hubbard moved on. The, the, the thing that we said that first year is that it, it takes risks to step into God's next for your life. Right. Last week, we talked about the Glen Eagles years when we moved from the school, Silverbrook Elementary, into our first building in Glen Eagles. Uh, and uh, we said that to really step into God's next for your life, you have to learn what God's priorities are and prioritize your life around God's priorities. And this year, we're this week, we're talking about Uh, when we transitioned from our Glen Eagles campus to this campus that we call the Promised Land. And we thought about the fact that it takes courage to step into God's next in your life, and that's what we're going to look at today. Pastor John, can you begin by just giving us a little background into why we ended up here on Ox Road, how we did, you came to a church that was in a school and yes. then while you were here, we built on Glen Eagles. But even when I was here in 2003, there was already this vision of moving someplace else. Where did that all come from? Well, uh,
1: after we had moved uh, to our brand new building uh, in 1995 on Glen Eagles in Cross Point next to uh, Pool Number One. Uh, Which was kind of nice to be right there.
0: If you're from Crosspoint, you know pool number one. Yes, exactly right. If you're not from Crosspoint, just realize Crosspoint has two pools. That's true. (laughs) That's very true. So uh,
1: we experienced tremendous growth, uh, tremendous growth during the late 1990s and early 2000s. And uh, we... I already outgrew the building that we just built. Yeah. In fact, just a few years after occupying that building, we knocked out the back wall and expanded yeah. the worship center, expanded uh, the, the, the the building out a bit, and then we added two single-wide trailers and four double-wide trailers just to accommodate the growth that was happening uh, there. And so we knew that we could not continue to be the church that God had us to be a call was calling us to be to accomplish the mission that God had in store for us on that 5 acre piece of property it was just flat out too small now yeah. the reality is we could have built another worship center on that piece of property but where would we park the cars yeah you know it was already full you know the parking lot was already overflowing yeah. they were already out on Glen Eagles Lane right. because there was just no room to, to, uh, to continue to expand. So we knew that God was calling us away. We just didn't know yet where God was calling us to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, was that frustrating to have gone through all that building and moved to that land and almost immediately be like, oh, this isn't our home, you know, it's not enough? Or was it exciting for you?
1: Uh, you know, I didn't find it frustrating. I found, yeah. I found it exhilarating. Yeah. You know, that God was doing something in our midst, and we had the privilege of being a part of what God was accomplishing. You know, and so when we started looking for land that chairperson person of our Church board. David Muller is his name. He and I started looking for land. We, the first place we looked, first place we looked was right here on this piece of property. We stood where our back parking lot is today, and uh, you know this was nothing but a pasture, and there were horses grazing uh, up through here, and there was a barn sitting over there uh, where the education wing is right now, and. Uh, I knew right then, right there, I know this sounds wild and I've never heard the audible voice of God, but I knew yeah. that this is where God wanted us to be. The only problem was it wasn't for sale oh. and, <laughs> uh, and, and there was no there was no uh, there was no inkling that this was going to be for sale anytime soon, yeah. so we went down the street, we put an offer on another piece of property.
0: yeah, I remember that
1: in fact, the Episcopalians owned that piece of property. That is, the the Episcopal Church owned that piece of property. And after they had agreed to sell it to us, they turned around and took the offer off the table and refused to sell it to us. And so, we thought, well, what in the world is God doing? Yeah. You know, uh, we thought for sure that this was going to be the place. It, the, 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 it wasn't for sale. It wasn't being offered to us. We couldn't get the owners to, to do anything about it. We went down the street. Then that was taken off. We committed it to prayer as a church. And within, oh, maybe six months, the, a realtor called us and said, I represent the family who owns this land they would be honored if y'all would build your church here.
0: Wow, wow.
1: Wow, wasn't that incredible? They didn't even know we were looking at that piece of property, but they called me and asked that the time is now, we're ready to sell it.
0: Well, I think when when I hear that story, it reminds me that sometimes you can be in the middle of God's plan for your life but not arrived yet, you know that that God was ushering Christ Church towards something, but we hadn't arrived yet. We hadn't entered the promised land right and uh, of course, that name for when we bought this property, we named that vision, the promised yeah. Land. it comes from numbers thirteen and fourteen where the he- the old testament the Hebrew slaves yeah. that came out of Egypt, they'd seen God's mighty hand moving, God had. Spoken through Moses that he wanted his people free. God had done these mighty miracles to set the people free from Pharaoh's grip. God had parted the waters of the Red Sea and they walked through and then destroyed the most powerful army in the world world at that time. time. Um, But they hadn't arrived yet. Right. And so God said, Hey, I want to give you this land, but this is what I want you to do. I want you to send. 12 spies in to look at the land. And yeah, so let me read that, that for us. Well, but go ahead. Numbers, 12, one and, Numbers 13, 1 and 2 says, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send out for yourself men so that they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I am going to give to the sons and the daughters of Israel. You shall send a man from each of their father's tribes, every one a leader among them. Mm-hmm. And so that was the plan. God said, Hey. You're not there yet. You haven't right. arrived. You're only to Sinai. You know, I got so much more for you than just sure. freedom. I have a I have a plan for this nation. I'm going to send you into the land. And so they went into the land. They checked out the the, the 12 fruit, spies, did. the 12 spies. Yeah. They saw the fruit, they saw the obstacles. And this was their response in verse 27. It says, "Thus they told him. They came came back and told Moses, Moses. and said, We went into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. They actually brought fruit back so Moses (laughs) and the people could see it. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, and Amalek is living in the land of the Negev, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites are living in the hill country, and the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, We should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. But Mm -hmm. the men, this is the spies, who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are too strong for us. Mm -hmm. It's such an interesting story because you have 12 leaders of God's people. These aren't just regular folks. They were the leaders of the tribes. They should be together with God and God's vision. And all 12 of them go into the land. They all see the same fruit. They all see the same fortified cities. They all see the same nations. They know the potential. They also all know the obstacles. They come back And the way I read it is all 12 have the same vision of the land. They all believe this would be a great Great place place for God's people to be. God, God would flourish us in this land. But 10 of them have a different vision of God. They all have the same vision of the land. They're like, this is what we need. But 10 of them say, we can't do it. I think they had a too small God. Right. Or God can't overcome these nations right. or these fortifications sure. or these tall God people. God couldn't
1: possibly do that through
0: us, even though that's what he promised them. Yeah. And so what I'm, what I'm trying to say is it takes courage to step into God's best for you. A lot of times sure. as pastors, you know, people are like, well, what's your vision? You know, and do you have a vision from God? But it takes more than vision. It takes courage and faith To walk into God's vision. And and so the question I guess I have for you, Pastor John, is you faced some daunting obstacles in leading the church from Glen Eagles out to here. What were some of those giants that you faced in entering this next stage in God's vision? Well, the first giant was the
1: Was 3.75 million.
0: (laughs) There were plenty of giants, (laughs) aren't there?
1: There were 3,750,000 giants. Uh, that, because that's what it cost to, to, for the land. This just twenty-five to buy, just acres, to buy the just land. the land. That's not a. That's not a. That's not
0: a brick. That was two thousand. That's not a
1: single brick.
0: That was two thousand
1: three dollars. Right? Two thousand three
0: dollars. McDonald's hamburger costs fifty-nine that's cents. That's exactly <laughs> right. Three thousand seven hundred
1: fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. To uh, to get this piece of property. Yet There was no doubt about it that this is where God was calling us to be. He was calling us to do something that we could not see how in the world we could possibly do it. This is the place where God was calling. This is the place where God had in store for us. We just had to trust Him to get there. It was like the Israelites. They were standing there on the banks of the Jordan River looking over at uh, the city of Jericho and saying, we can't possibly do that. We can't possibly take that city. we can't possibly get there. Wow. God is not going to allow us to do that even though that's what God promised that he they would inherit that land. I believed with every fiber of my being that that's exactly what God was calling us to do wow. is to inherit a land. That was one giant. the other giant is we had to find a bank that would trust us, you know, that would be willing to lend us money. You didn't just have to be
0: courageous. You're, you had to find somebody else that was right, courageous. That's right, to partner with yeah. us
1: to be courageous, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and believe me, not every bank was, uh, oh, yeah, we're happy to partner with you, yeah. you know. No, they were saying, are you kidding? You people are crazy, yeah. you know. But we found a bank that said, you know what, I think that this is doable. I think that this is exactly what is uh, in your future. And uh, here we are.
0: You mentioned that you didn't do it yourself, that oh. while there were obstacles, there was a whole Lot of army obstacles. of people working yeah. with you. One of the folks that was with us all through that period is Gracie Weersma, And uh, she's here today. Gracie. And Gracie sat down with our video folks this week and shared a little bit of walking through it from her perspective, from oh. a layperson's perspective in the church.
1: Great.
2: How I learned about Christ Church was um, I, we had bought the house from um, someone that was a member here, and um, and I was like, I have to find a church soon, and then she told me about uh, Christ Church, and then uh, she said it was off of Silverbrook. When I, I walked in the church, I think what made it a A good fit for me was um, I looked at the children's ministry and um, Sunday school, because I had a son, and um, I wanted to to know what would be good for him. As I'm looking back, I believe that when I came, we had already purchased the land. Um, It was interesting. I like the fact that we called it the promised land, and I think that what was challenging is that were we going to have enough money to, to get there? And um, just as we saw the church got fuller and fuller every Sunday, I knew it was a need, and, and it was something that we just had to trust God um, to do it for us. Going from Glen Eagles to the, 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 uh, to the Promised Land when we did have the church built and we were moving in. And that walk, I just thought of the Hebrews leaving Egypt and going into their promised land. I think what was scary was, did we bite off more than we could chew? uh, Or did we just, Decide that this was the vision. This was the vision that 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 the pastor had, and this was the vision that the church had, and we all agree with the with what was happening. And I think um, God has blessed us. I was amazed that I invited people, and a lot of people came that I invited. And um, <laughs> and you know, you're happy, you're proud of it, you want people to come to your church. I think that through COVID. I don't think we ever closed, even when it's just pictures on the seats. When fear is all over the land and Christ church is open, if it's just a praise team and a pastor, I think that glorifies God more than anything.
0: John, you've seen some giants uh, in this transition throughout the years of leading the church. Um, Were there moments that you felt like giving up or you, were there moments when you doubted whether we could go forward? And, and how did you manage to kind of double down on faith and on God's vision uh, when those doubts came?
1: Giving up, yes. Uh, there were times when I felt like giving up. Uh, and... You know, the the easiest thing you can do is to throw in the towel. The easiest thing you can do is turn around and go back to Egypt, you know? The easiest thing you can do is is just to give up on the dream and uh, resume the status quo, you know? But uh, that's certainly not what the Lord was calling us to do, even though in somewhere between 2006 and 2009, the economic... It bubble burst. <laughs> you remember yeah. that. It burst big time. Yeah. And when that economic bubble burst here in Northern Virginia, money dried up. Yeah. And for the first time, and beginning in whispers, uh, then the conversation began to get a little bit louder. Do we need to sell our promised land? Do we need to sell? And the reason why is because it was it was unbelievably difficult to pay the mortgage on a piece of property that had been it was sitting vacant, yeah. you know, while we were still paying the mortgage over at Glen Eagles, yeah. and we still needed the ministry to be strong and vibrant, and we needed to ensure that all of our ministries had enough money to be able to do what they needed to do to yeah. reach people for Jesus. And so we began thinking, my God, did God bring us all this way? Did He get us to where we were able to buy this piece of property, and then only to let it fall away? Only to give up the 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 dream? Did did we mishear God? Yeah. Did we? Did uh, was there something that we missed that God was saying? And so, yeah, there was there were times when I thought, my gosh, we're we're really going to have to give up. So how did you call.
0: how did you deal with that? I mean, how did you manage to say no? I think we heard from God, and we need to stick at stick with this.
1: Well, we began as a church, and a church-wide kind of event. We began praying. Mm. Uh, this was a, a coordinated effort where the people of God at Christ Church began praying that God would spare this piece of property. Mm. And allow us to inherit the promised land one day. We didn't know when he was going to allow us to do it, yeah. but we knew that it was going to happen. And as we trusted him, the money began to come back, hmm. and uh, we we did not have to give that up. But let me tell you, that was some tough times. Yeah, it was a tough time. People people taking me aside, you know, trying some of them, people that I trust dearly, yeah. taking me aside and said. Are you sure right. that we you've heard from God? Are you sure this is the right thing? Right. Because we may need to sell this property.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I'll just ask a, kind of a personal, a little bit selfish sure. question. For me, as stepping into the role as the next lead pastor of Christ Church, what, what would you say to me as I lead and there are obstacles in our future to what God has for us next, uh, what advice would you give me? I would say to you, my buddy,
1: stand firm. Be faithful to your call. Be faithful to the one who called you. Be faithful to the vision and be the leader that God has called you to be. Be that one who 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 knows that we have a big god, uh, a God who can accomplish things far more than we could ever begin to accomplish for ourselves yeah wow you know I, let me let me show you something okay. I brought this i don 't know that you 've ever seen it, yeah. but uh, this is the staff that. Some of our church members gave me shortly before we made that walk uh, from Glen Eagles to over here when, when, uh, when we were inheriting the, the land. They said, this is the sta- your staff, the staff of a leader who uh, has called, uh, who has been called to lead this church forward to where we weren't sure we were going to be able to go. You know, this has been in my office ever since that time. And uh, I, I see it every day when I come in, and I thank God for, uh, for giving me the privilege of uh, leading the people of Christ church uh, to this promised land. In fact, uh, one of the things that I want to give you, and I didn't do this at the le- uh, 930 service, but I want to do this now, is uh, I want to give this staff to you <laughs> as right. the new leader of <laughs> <Wow>. this congregation <laughs> to, to lead us. And I and I when I say us, I, I I've told Todd before that uh, next week he becomes my pastor. Mm. You know, he will be my pastor beginning next week. And uh, I want you to lead us to, uh, to where we think we can't go.
0: There's a you know. picture of you with that staff and my oh, son and I.
1: <laughs> <laughs> look look how, how old is Josiah now?
0: Well, he's uh, 18 now, almost okay. 19. And yeah.
1: he's, so that would have been uh, nine What's years ago or something like that? Because yeah. that had to be in 2013.
0: 2013, we, came, yeah. we were at the Vine, but we came over for the groundbreaking. All
1: right. How about that? And there's, the, and there's the staff.
0: There it is.
1: Yeah, right there. <laughs> yeah, so it's cool. So uh, I want you to have that because I wanted to remind you that you are the God-chosen leader. And you need to stay faithful to the vision that God has given you.
0: Well, I thank you for that. And uh, I know that even as you were the shepherd, the lead pastor, the leader here, you didn't lead alone, that you had a, no. a team with you. One of the people that were, was instrumental in that was Deborah Merrill. Mm. She was the executive director during that time along right. with Tim Beatty before her. And she sat down, uh, not actually literally, but virtually, um, with our video crew this week and uh, shared a little bit about what that was like from her perspective. So I'd love to hear from Daryl. From From Daryl.
3: Well, as you know, I was executive director at the time. I had just stepped into the executive director role uh, following Tim Beatty. And so I picked up at the beginning of construction, the actual construction. And my role was to attend and represent the church at all of the construction meetings, and they were every week. Then it was just really representing John's vision and keeping to budget and dealing with all of the construction items as the ground really broke and the building went up. It was more than just a building. It was going to be a holy space that held the people in its arms and held and supported the ministries, not only the ministries that we had at the time, but all the ones that we were dreaming of going forward. So I would sum it all up in trusting. Uh, It's one thing to say, oh, we're following God's vision and gung ho. It's another thing for God to teach us that that is a daily decision. The church at large stepped forward uh, with pennies and quarters and tens and fifties and one-hundreds and in some cases hundreds of thousands of dollars. God met each member of that congregation where they were at and spoke to them to contribute. And walking through on a Wednesday evening or any time during the day and seeing people in the center hall at those cafe tables huddled over praying together, seeing the space serve its purpose is forever going to be one of the hallmarks of my life.
0: Yeah. Amen. John, what would you say to somebody, I want to just make it personal to us, um, who feels like they... See God's vision for their next in life. Like they know the type of marriage that God would have them to have, or the type of parent that God would have them to be, or the type of business. Or they feel a call into ministry. They they can see where God wants them, but the obstacles seem too great to get there, and they're just like, I don't know if I can do it.
1: Well, I think the first thing that I would say, and I have said this before. I've been there. Mm -hmm. I, I get it. I know how I know how scary the obstacles are. I know what it's like to face those giants. Yeah. I've seen the giants face to face, you know. I know what they're like. I know how scary it is. But I want to repeat one thing by saying the easiest thing you can do is just give up. Hmm. The easiest thing you could do is turn around and go back to Egypt. The biggest thing you can do, or the easiest thing you can do is to give up on the calling, give up on the dream. Yeah. And yet when to do that. It means you're living a purposeless life. You're not fulfilling yeah. the purpose that God has given, uh, placed in front of you, yeah. you know, for, for your life. You know, there is there's one thing that I have learned, uh, and, there, and there are two stories in God's word that show this over and over and over again, and that is that giants never win. Oh. I want you to hear me say it again. Giants never win. I'll tell you, in this story that uh, Todd was talking about with the Israelites, they, they stood on the banks of the Jordan River and they were looking over to the city of Jericho and they said, you know what? Those people are like giants. That's what they said. They're like giants and we look like grasshoppers In front of those giants. That's what they thought. They thought there's no way. That they could conquer those giants. And then. A little while later. uh, Some hundreds of years later. You have David. uh, Or the Israelites facing Goliath. Nobody was willing to lead. Nobody was willing to stand up. To the giant. Until David did it with a slingshot. Mm -hmm. And put the giant on the ground. Mm Giants. Giants never win when you are faithful to your call. Wow, that's
0: a good one.
1: Giants never win when you're willing to be faithful to God. And walk when you don't know how you're going to win, when you move forward, when you haven't figured out all the steps. Yeah. You know, having courage to take the calculated risk
0: yeah.
1: of knowing that I'm not in this alone, and the battle belongs to the Lord.
0: After 39 years of ministry, and you've talked to people about the giants that they face, what are some of those giants that you hear people face in walking forward in their own faith because i i feel like a lot of people in a sense we come out of egypt we're like thank you jesus you set us free but then we never go into god's best for us we never step into the promised land what what are those things that the the things that keep us from you know, being what God has uh, to be.
1: There are a lot of people who are missing out on what God has for them in the next phase of their life because they're afraid to take that next phase step. For example, there are folks who've said to me, you know, uh, Pastor, I... I I I believe God is calling me to do this, but if I do this, that means I'm going to have to go to school for another four (laughs) years, and I'm going to be too old when I graduate. And I said, well, how old are you going to be if you don't go to school in four (laughs) years? you're still going to be four years older, right? Well, you'd be four years older and you'd have the degree you need to be able to do the job. You know, some people allow those kinds of things to keep them from moving forward. It kind of almost like keeps them in chains. They wonder, you know, even the very best marriages, very best marriages, there are some days you wake up and you say, my goodness, can I go forward today, you know? <laughs> and and everybody goes through that kind of thing. Yeah. We all face those kind of giants, yeah. but God's called us to be faithful. Uh-huh. He's called us to be faithful, and whether it's a medical issue, whether it's a financial issue when you don't know how you're good, when the numbers don't look like they'll work, but you know that God has called you forward, hmm. to give up yeah. means you're giving up on the, God's call in your life and you're giving up on the dream.
0: I think, I think what I hear you saying is, you know, when we're in the Sinai looking at the promised land, if we just count our numbers against their numbers, we're always going back. That's you right. Know? If we don't calculate in God and what God's doing or what God's done, what Christ has done, we're never going to have that courage because it's just foolishness just to the trust The math myself. never
1: works without God. Yeah. Without God, the math does not work. Right. I'm but never
0: we, fixing my marriage based on who she is and who I am. Right. I'm, I'm never going to be that. the father God had me we to be based on who I We could never have gotten
1: to this place just because we think it was a good idea. Yeah, you know, if God hadn't called, if God hadn't led, we would never be here. If the Holy Spirit hadn't moved in the lives of people, we would never be here. Marriages don't get healed on their own. Yeah, you know, finances don't get squared away on its own. Yeah, we have to. We have to add God in.
0: Just paint that picture for us for a second. What does that spiritual courage look like in our lives? It means getting to know the source
1: of where the courage comes from. Okay. You can't do this stuff on your own. Yeah. Life has never been meant to be lived on our own, ever. Hmm. Yeah. I mean that's the that's the truth of God's word. Yeah. Life has never been meant for us to live it on our own and on our own strength and our own power. Yeah. Never was we were we meant to do that. We've got to get to know the source of the strength. We get to know the source of the power. We get to know personally this God who breathed life into us. We get to know him by reading his word. We get to know him by spending some time alone with God in prayer. We get to know him by having some devotional time. We get to know him when we spend time with him. And then you know the source of your strength. Right. Then you know the source of your faith. Then you know the source of your courage. And that's when you can do great things for God.
0: It's rooted in that relationship. So that's where it's it is. never us. It's rooted in what God Completely. is doing. Well, again, I want to thank you for your 30 years of faithfulness here at Christ Church, for your courage and leading us forward when many of us doubted whether we could go forward. Um, I want to thank you just for your faithfulness mm. and all of that. I want to remind everyone as well, of course, next week is your last week. We're going to have a great celebration. It's going to be sad. It's going to be exciting as well. And you're going to want to be here. You're going to want to invite Mm -hmm. your friends. um, 9.30 and 11 in the morning, we'll do this for our last time. Next week, we're talking about finishing well. And that's that's an issue that's really important to me, I think, so often in ministry. In Christian life, we've seen people who haven't finished ministry well, and uh, just want to talk to you about what that looks like. Um, but for all of us, you know, as a parent, I want to finish well. As sure. a married person, I want to finish well. As a, as a in my vocation, I want to finish well. And so I think you have a lot to share and God's word. Has a lot to share around that. From two to four p.m., we're going to have the party. If you want to come, get your tickets today. Don't call me tomorrow and say. How do I get my tickets? So get your tickets today, um, and then for 4:30 in the afternoon, we're going to have a celebration uh, back in here. Pastor Ryan will be here leading us. It's going to be great yeah. to see him will be. and other folks that are Christchurch alumni will be back, and it'll be great to celebrate with them. One one final question before mm-hmm. we close today: um, If folks are here right now today or online, and and they're saying okay. I hear I got to have courage. I hear I got to step forward. I hear I got to stay with it even though I'm doubting. What's one practical thing they can do to take that next step? Like if you just gave them one practical thing to say, this is what courage looks like today, what would that be?
1: Well, first of all, if you know Jesus, if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then taking that step of faith means. Even though it means you need to step forward, mm. you've got to get out of the comfort zone yeah. you know if God is calling you forward, that's what you've got to do you've got to you've got to be able to trust God to put that foot in front of the other so it may mean it may mean having uh apologizing to your spouse it may mean apologizing to your family yeah. or your children. It may mean uh, that you need to be more, uh, uh, more diligent at your job. Yeah. You know, it, there are, in, order to, in order to move forward, you've got to have the courage to do the right things.
0: It sounds like you're saying, take that next faithful step. You've got to take the step. And some of those steps, like you're just saying, feel like they take so much courage. You know, it, it, I don't know if I can say I'm sorry. Sure. I don't know if I can be what I should be at work after everything I've been through. Right. Um, so do you mind praying for folks that are struggling with that right now uh, on taking sure. that next faithful step? Yeah,
1: let's pray together. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come together in prayer acknowledging that you are the one who is King of kings and Lord of lords. There are those in this room, I'm sure, and those uh, uh, out uh, in faraway distant places in worship with us right now who are hurting and struggling and wondering, how in the world can I make that next step? How in the world can I put my foot forward? How can I, how can I make this happen, Lord? Well, Lord, we need to, to acknowledge right now that until we get to know the source of our strength, until we get to know the source of our courage. We can't do this on our own. We need you. For you are the one who makes things happen. You are the one who heals relationships. You're the one who who, uh, gives us the the courage to take the next step and and to open the next chapter of our lives. You are the one that allows us to move forward. You give us purpose. You give our life meaning. And when we lean into you, we are able to lean into this freshness of the Holy Spirit. We pray, Heavenly Father, that your Holy Spirit would fill us and give us the courage that we need to be your people. Never to shrink before the giants because we never stand before the giants alone. We stand with you, Lord. You are the one who defeats the giants. Giants never win when we are faithful to you. Thank you, Lord. We are seeing that truth right here. We're only here because giants never win. We're only here because we're willing to have the courage to trust you. You have made this possible. And you make so much of our life possible with the spirit that you give to us. Renew us, Lord. Fill us with your presence and give us the courage to stand strong, to do the right thing, and to trust Where it is you're leading. And we give you praise and honor and glory in the holy and precious and matchless name of Jesus. And all God's people say, Amen.